Happy Friday and welcome to another episode of Script Sports Daily Delivery. I am Christina Long filling in for Michael Rand. And today I want to start by talking a little bit about the Olympics. I know there's been a lot of talk. Um, the Olympics are a long process. They are almost finished, finish up in the next couple of days, I believe this weekend. But most importantly, Sumi Lee and Grace McCallum returned home yesterday um, to Minneapolis St. Paul Airport. And there was a huge crowd gathered there to welcome both of them home. A couple of Star Tribune reporters were at the airport on hand to watch the celebration and saw, you know, people of all ages with signs welcoming SUNY back, welcoming Grace back, you know, from 14-year-olds who admire her and look up to her and see what she's doing and are inspired to, you know, parents bringing their children who are even younger and might not remember this one day, but still wanting to bring them to see them. And I think that's one thing I've always loved about the Olympics and especially gymnastics. I mean, gymnastics has been one of the only sports that I personally have woken up, um, you know, set my alarms early to get up to watch. And I remember when I was a kid and, and I was never really a gymnast. My parents sent me to Arkansas gymnastics camp when I was a kid. And to this day, I cannot do a cartwheel. So I don't know how much I really learned from that one. That was probably on me. Um, but I remember being a kid and I remember the, the Gabby Douglas year when, you know, it seems like there's always one U.S. gymnast who kind of makes a splash becomes a household name for that time. You know, when I was really young, it was Gabby Douglas and then it was Simone Biles, who obviously is, you know, the greatest of all time. And, you know, we will be saying her name for a long time after she's finished competing one day. And the fact that now this year, Suni Lee became that household name among gymnasts is really amazing that she's from right here, from St. Paul, trained at a gym in Little Canada. You know, it's really amazing that this community gets to celebrate one of their own. And, you know, people across the country are going to celebrate her and, and that will continue. But the fact that this community gets to rally around her and lift her up and celebrate her is, is really outstanding. There's going to be a parade for her on Sunday in St. Paul. It will be Sunday afternoon, the mayor announced, and it's being coordinated by the city and by the county. And so they're going to have a whole parade in her honor. And it's, it's really exciting to see people like I said, of all ages from all over the metro, all over the state, and really all over the country celebrate someone who's from right around the corner. There was another Sumi Lee story that I loved by one of my fellow interns who went to the nail salon where Sumi got her nails done. So one thing that everybody was talking about on the internet after Sumi Lee won her gold medal was she had these long white square tip acrylic nails. And they were gorgeous. And everyone was, A, talking about how gorgeous they were, and B, talking about how can one compete in these gymnastic events with these long, beautiful nails and not break them, not hurt themselves. You know, there's, I feel like there's jokes about, you know, girls complaining about, oh, I broke a nail, but she competed in some of the hardest feats one can do as an athlete with these long, gorgeous nails I think it was Adam Rippon, the, um, I believe he was a figure skater who kind of was one of those Olympians who made a splash at the Winter Olympics years ago. And he tweeted something. He had like cut out pieces of paper and put them over his fingernails, looking like the white square tips she had on and put like hashtag square tips for SUNY. And it was really fun to see. And one of my fellow interns went to the local nail salon where she got those done. And 
One of the reasons SUNY made headlines, of course, was being the first Hmong American um, to make the Olympic team and to win a gold medal. And the nail salon is run by Hmong Americans in, I believe, in St. Paul. And they drew up the design for the nails, you know, really worked with her. She really wanted to um, make these something special. And, you know, there's rules about how much detail you can have on them and how simple they have to be. And so they're these really gorgeous, simple white square tips with on one of her hands, um, they have the Olympic rings and someone hand drew those hand designed these acrylic nails. And so go, definitely go check out that story on startribune.com. It's a fun read about not only SUNY, but about these local nail technicians who really made this work of art that got to be seen on the biggest stage. But other Olympians from Minnesota are also still competing in this last week of the Olympics. Kyra Condi of Shoreview was 11th in the first ever Olympic climbing competition. Uh, and Rosemount's Peyton Otterdahl was 10th in shot put. Team USA did win, I believe, gold and silver in that, but Otterdahl was um, back in 10th. But the most exciting one, perhaps, uh, came actually this morning as I'm recording this, Friday, early Friday morning. Gopher wrestler and Apple Valley native Gable Stevenson um, knocked off three-time Olympic champion from Georgia, the country, to win gold in heavyweight wrestling. And it was a last-second victory. It was really thrilling. Star Tribune's Rachel Blount was there and was able to write up the result from that. There's a great quote from him from yesterday, from Thursday, before the, before the match. He was asked about when he knew he was the best wrestler heavyweight wrestler in the world and he said tomorrow meaning the day he was going to compete for the gold and and he certainly proved that winning the gold today over that three-time champ from georgia and then another result from uh last night was the usa women's basketball team beat serbia handily 79 to 59 and they move on to the gold medal game, which will be Saturday night at 9.30 p.m. our time. Um, and that team, of course, features two Minnesota Lynx players, Matthisa Collier and Sylvia Fowles. So um, we could have two more gold medalists with uh, Minnesota ties after tomorrow night. They will play either France or Japan. I don't think it's been decided as I'm recording this, but that will be tomorrow saturday night at 9 30 p.m so not a terribly late start women's basketball has actually been quite usa time friendly i know i didn't get to watch a lot of the u.s women's national team soccer games because they were at like three um i think i got up for one that was it i got up at six and watched it and i did the same thing for gymnastics those are the only two that i personally have gotten up for so far but the 9.30 start time is, is pretty uh, user-friendly for those of us here in the central time zone of the U.S. So um, looking forward to watching that one. That's one I'll stay up to watch on Saturday night for sure. But speaking of the links um, on today's show, we have a very special guest. Kayla McBride, Lynx guard, joins the show to talk a little bit about this long Olympic break. WNBA takes a month-long break for the Olympics because there's so many WNBA players that compete for various countries. So in addition to Nafisa Collier and Sylvia Fowles competing for Team USA, um, a couple of Lynx players are also competing for Team Canada. Some WNBA players play for Australia um, and other countries. So there's this month-long Olympic break. The players kind of get to take a little bit of a vacation. I saw yesterday some of them posted they went to Top Golf together as like a little team bonding uh, activity. So 
they are back in practice now and getting ready for that second half of the season. And the Lynx have had a really impressive year. You know, they got off to kind of a rough start. I think they were one in five in their first six games and then signed guard Laisha Clarendon, who, you know, I won't necessarily credit them with the, uh, the tear that they went on after that, but since signing Clarendon, I think they were maybe 12 and three and they've been on this tear. They went into the break with a seven game win streak, which was really impressive to see. And, and, you know, certainly for Minnesota fans, hopefully they can continue that momentum into the second half of the season and maybe make a playoff run. Um, We'll see what happens when those Olympians get home and they're able to get back started on August 15th, but Kayla McBride joining the show today. I'm Chris Hine, Timberwolves beat writer at the Star Tribune and the first five-time guest in daily delivery history. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast, our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, and even all of Rand's future blog posts about how the Timberwolves should trade for players they will never get, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. We have Lynx guard Kayla McBride with us on the show today. Kayla, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Um, yeah. You're in the middle of this Olympic break, which is, you know, like a month off, which is a really long time off. How have you spent the break? Um, you know, after coming up from overseas straight into this season, uh, it was really about being with my family, my friends, uh, hitting the reset button, really, you know, at least for the first two weeks of it. And then, you know, we got back here and we want to hit the ground running. You know, I think we left. Uh, the first part of the season on a good note and you know now it's about uh, time that we get back to <clears throat> where we were so that we can hit the ground running when when Fee and Sill and Coach Reed get back so uh, it was great to have the reset great to spend some quality time with my family and friends but you know back to the grind. Right when did you guys start practicing again? Uh, we got back on July 25th so okay. since the 26th we've been going and our first game is August 15th. Right so I heard you spend a lot of time baking in your in your free time do you have like a specialty? I do. It's uh, it's something that, you know, I've really grown to love over the years, uh, especially overseas, a lot of free time. Um, I would say my, my strawberry cupcakes are up there, pine upside down cake. Um, I do. I've been trying to work my way into cookies. I'm not as good with cookies as I am with like cakes and things like that. But um, yeah, I love to bake cupcakes, um, carrot cake, all different types of things, making my own frosting, um, you know, just something I really enjoy doing. Uh, my mom always baked a lot when I was growing up and I, I, I love sweets. So just a way to to bring people together and, and I enjoy it. Yeah. Cookies are honestly harder than you would think. Like so I hard. they're very it's temperamental. Like, I like mine like thick and like, you know, like gooey. And mm-hmm. it's so hard to get that texture. You got to use the right ingredients and the right yeah. temperature and stuff like that. Do you watch Great British Bake Off at all? No, I used to watch the kids baking championship all the time. And then uh, there was another thing I used to watch. I never watched the British one though. It's on Netflix and it's fantastic. I watched it a ton, like during, you know, lockdown and I, it like, made me it gave me so much baking inspiration it's <laughs> great British baking show is the best it's extremely relaxing <laughs> but anyway I mean as far as back to basketball I mean you have a bunch of teammates in Tokyo plus coach Cheryl Reeve and have you been able to watch any of the games or have you talked with them at all games are usually past my bedtime but I have been able to catch a lot of them um and then you know I talked to Sil even yesterday uh just wishing them luck knowing that it's a grind over there that they're they're going through and you know, playing for Team USA is, is tough in itself, uh, but we're super proud of them and all their accomplishments. Um, you know, Fee's first Olympics, Sills fourth, like, you know, you, you, the amount of respect that you have for them wearing USA across their chest and then Coach Reeve, obviously, as assistant coach. We're so proud of them. 
Um, you know, and I think the best thing that we can do for them is just work as hard as we possibly can to make sure that when they get back, we're hitting the ground running, um, you know, when they come back to, to Lynx uniform. But, yeah, I've been really, really proud of them and Team USA uh, all, all see, uh, their, whole, their whole time over there in Tokyo. Um, hopefully they can bring back the gold. Yeah, because it's Sylvia Fowles and Nafisa Collier on Team USA. And then there's a couple of Canadians, right, that are from the Lynx? Yeah, and then obviously BC uh, and ACE, um, you know, represent Canada huge accomplishment for them and representing their country, representing us. Uh, yeah. Couldn't be happier for all of our Olympians. Yeah. So as far as your own journey here, you signed with the Lynx back in January, right? And you spent three, we- three years with the Las Vegas Aces. So why this team and how have you adjusted to being here? Um, you know, I, I spent seven years with the, the same organization. And I think the biggest thing for me was, um, you know, I wanted to go to a culture and, that was about championships. And I wanted to go somewhere where I could get better, but the fans were great. Um, and Coach Reeve was one of the first people to, to hit me up when free agency started and instantly clicked, you know? And I think the biggest thing for me is that she didn't want to just get to know me, but she wanted to get to know my family. And um, I think that's just a, a testament to her culture and the things that she's built here with, with the links. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been a blessing for me. I, I couldn't be happier. Um, even a couple of weeks ago when somebody asked me, it's just, you know, it feels good. It feels good when it's right, you know, because you know all the things that you go through and it's always ebb and flow and up and down. Um, but you know, when, when you're somewhere you're supposed to be in, uh, I could definitely feel that from, from the beginning and super happy with my decision. Couldn't be happier. So I've been having a good time so far. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. The team kind of got out to a slow start at the beginning of the season, you know, one in five in the first six games, but have been on this tear ever since then and entered the break on, I think, a seven game win streak. So what changed and what's kind of been working over these last few weeks? Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing I can think of is trust uh, on both ends of the floor. Obviously, we added some pieces. Some people have been hurt, you know, injuries, things like that, you know, salary cap, whatever. Um, we've we've been very resilient through everything. And I think that when you're able to be resilient together, that builds trust. Uh, and I think that this, that's something we have with each other. So it's really, really hard to get wins in this league. And we know that. Uh, but when you have a resilient, trustworthy team uh, with, with that, with our coaching staff combined and you play in front of our fans, um, you know, it's fun. It's been a lot of fun just growing together and figuring, figuring each other out, figuring out our identity. And I think that, you know, those last seven games, um, we just kept taking little baby steps to who we want to be um, and, and what our identity was on both ends of the floor. Um, obviously, we didn't have fee those first couple games. That was tough, you know, but just getting everybody acclimated and building that trust on both ends of the floor has really helped us, I think, these last few games. Yeah. So you're like you said, you're back on August 15th against the New York Liberty. What are your goals for the second half of the season, whether that's for you personally as a player or for the team on the whole? Uh, you know, for me personally, it's just being consistent, um, obviously. The last couple of games, I think the last five, seven games, I started feeling like as comfortable as I have on the team. Um, obviously, it's not easy coming to a new team and a new system um, that's already been set. Um, so just trying to figure out where I fit in and to maximize that. And I feel like I was able to do that. So I just want to be able to continue to do that in the second half. Um, and for us, it's just, you know, there is no ceiling, I don't, I don't think, for us. And obviously, we're going to get some people back from injury. Um, bring our Olympians home and, you know, just hit the ground running. You know, I, I think that we just have, we have so much more room to grow uh, in, in the second half of the season. And, you know, it's there for the taking, you know, I think we, we've put ourselves in really good position to do something really special and just putting everything we have into making that, making that a, a reality. Something I think a lot of people who don't follow the WNBA super closely don't realize is that so many players play year round and play overseas in the off season. And you mentioned, 
Um, you came to Minnesota right after finishing up in Turkey and your team in Turkey won the championship and you were the finals MVP. And what are some of the challenges of playing so constantly and having to just come right back home and keep playing? Um, you know, it's a loaded question because I mean, that was my seventh year doing it year round. Uh, the fatigue obviously hits in, um, sets in as you get older, being away from family, missing things, you know, that's, that's really hard for me being the oldest before missing graduations and, you know, family cookouts, like those, those small things. Um, but it's just a grind. And I think that the biggest thing and the reason that I feel like I'm able to do it the way I can is I only can be a professional basketball player for so long. So I want to be able to, you know, maximize that, that time. I love the game. Um, and, you know, I know one day the ball is going to stop bouncing. So just always keep it in perspective that you know, I'm lucky to be able to play this game at a very high level and just keep pushing, obviously find rest where you can and you know, be thankful and find, find trips home when you can, but uh, it's a grind, you know, and it's not for everybody, but uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I have no regrets. Um, you know, I don't think it'll last forever being, being able to play year round, but at least for a couple more years. Yeah. Is there a lot of like culture shock when you first went to Turkey? Um, it wasn't necessarily Turkey. I put, I spent two years in Russia. Russia was more right. of a culture shock than Turkey. Um, Tur- actually, Istanbul is more Americanized than people think, whereas Russia is way, it's way different. Even their language and um, the weather, the food, everything is a lot different there than maybe you would find in Turkey. I can go to Starbucks in Turkey. I can go to, you know, TGI Fridays or, you know, there's like things that are similar that are home-like, whereas in Russia, it's, they're a little bit like few and far between. Mm-hmm. How many years did you play in Russia? Two. I played two in Russia, and then this will be my fourth year in Turkey. Okay. Yeah, Jesus. And then I also spent some time in uh, Hungary. Okay. But so it's just been those two. Yeah. So you'll go back there after this WNBA. Yeah, so I'll have about two weeks after the season. Okay. Crazy. Uh, and then I'll be right back into another season in Europe. Yeah. How do you make the transition between teams and, you know, countries easier on yourself? Uh, I'm fortunate because, you know, I have the same coach overseas that I did last year. Some of the similar teammates, WNBA players, Satu Sabli, Jazz Thomas, um, Kia Stokes, you know, some people that are that I've played with before overseas. So that makes it a lot easier to transition. Um, I've spent time there, so I know the city a little bit more, like a little bit well, more well than I would uh, going to a new city, a new team. Um, you know, my dad, my mom have been over there, you know, so it's, it's not as uncomfortable as maybe it would be if I was going to a new city, new team, um, more acclimated there. I have some roots there. So uh, it's helpful to, to have that. But, you know, it's always an adjustment. The time change is the hardest thing. Uh, but, you know, I enjoy it. The food's really good in Turkey. Um, but, yeah, it's cool. The fans are crazy. So it's fun. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because yeah, they have a, you know, they have a big soccer following. So like the Fenerbahce's, the Galatasaray, like their fans are ridiculous. And a lot of their fans come to our games. So, you know, the rivalry games and stuff like that are insane, you know, just standing room only. So it's, it's a lot of fun. That's really cool. Yeah. I feel like you wouldn't necessarily expect that or people wouldn't really know what to expect from from international basketball on that front. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. So there have also been a lot of conversations in sports lately about athlete mental health and taking care of themselves off the court. And that's something that you've been outspoken about, whether it's on your social media or I know with your new clothing line as well. Um, so how do you take care of yourself during the season and why do conversations like that? You know, we talk about Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka and athletes like that. And why do those conversations matter to you? 
Uh, I mean, it's, it's huge. Um, when you see players uh, who are dominating in their field, sometimes you forget that, you know, there's a whole other thing that you see, like that you don't see beyond, like, behind the scenes, you know, them training, their families, the things that they go through on a daily basis before they're performing. And so to speak out on it, it, it takes a lot of courage and bravery. And, um, you know, as being somebody who has done it, it's a very vulnerable state, you know, but I think it's important because it allows other people to feel comfortable doing it as well. And, you know, when I released my players tribute last year, the amount of um, the reception that I got from people that I didn't even know, people that I did know, um, that allow people to have tough conversations with themselves, with the people that they care about. That's what it's about, you know, and I think sometimes people see athletes as athletes instead of humans. And when you're able to talk about mental health and the things you're actually going through, you're, you're able to humanize yourself and your people are able to humanize you as well. Um, sometimes they take it differently than you would hope, but, you know, I think in the bigger picture, there's, there's usually more positive than negative. So, um, you know, I think it's really important, uh, to take care of yourself unconditionally and then find people that love you without conditions. And that's a big reason why uh, I started my brand, you know, take, I live by take care of those who take care of you. Uh, and that starts with yourself, you know, loving yourself unconditionally and then, you know, allowing, <clears throat> making sure that the people that are around you in your circle, they love you without conditions because, you know, life is hard and people, everybody has their story. Everybody has the things that they go through. Um, and so, you know, with that clothing brand, it's just something, a way for me to be creative, but also a way for me to, you know, express myself and the things that I've been through. So, um, you know, I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's, it's, uh, it's difficult, more difficult than I anticipated. I've been having a lot of help behind the scenes, but I've been having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Kayla, for taking the time and, you know, talking about everything from basketball to cookies. Um, I appreciate it. Um, Good luck with the rest of the break and, and getting those Olympians back and practicing again. I appreciate it. Thank you. And that's all for this Friday episode of Daily Delivery. Um, Thank you for listening as I fill in for Michael Rand. Um, It's been a joy as an intern to get to learn a little bit about podcasting. You know, I am a huge podcast listener. I have them on pretty much all the time, whether I'm doing dishes or cleaning up or getting ready in the morning. So it's been really nice to get to learn how to make one myself. Um, Thank you to Michael Rand for showing me the ropes and um, letting me take over and handing me the keys to kind of his baby here um, with the podcast. And thank you everyone for listening. And Rand will be back next week, um, Monday. I'm sure Patrick Royce will be back on the show for his usual Monday spot to talk all things Minnesota sports. So thank you for listening and have a great weekend.